It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What do you got next for us? Well, we're going to talk a little baseball in a sec. Yeah. And we got a couple baseball topics we're going to ta- uh, tackle today before we talk a little Cavs and wrap up with some of fun. But we are two minutes away from noon. Yeah. And as you guys know, we're just going to do it a little early. It is officially the extended version by two minutes of the lunch hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And as always, the lunch hour of UCSS is brought to us by Colley Companies Championship. You can check out all your favorite senior tour golfers at the famous Firestone Country Club July 12th through the 16th. It is fun, family-friendly events for everybody. Free concerts each night. Kids get in free. Check them out. All your information for tickets, information, dates, etc. at colleaguegolf.com. Jason, did you see – I actually did three different similar – uh, rants on the Guardians, one on Twitter, one on the show yesterday, and one on my podcast. Did you happen to see or hear any of them? I tried following your Twitter one, but it was an old man rant that was all broken up. I forgot. I, I have ADD, do, and I couldn't make it. Through. I screwed up and didn't make it a chain right. or whatever the hell it's called. Right. I did one today, did a two-part one on Howard Stern today that I actually did right. I saw a little bit of that one. You a Howard Stern fan? Not really. Oh, okay. The one yesterday was beautiful. I thought it was Thank very you. articulated. Well, it, was, it was too uh, too many. I, I screwed it up the way I put it on Twitter. But thank you. Yeah, you articulated it very well. Everybody know I'm a casual baseball fan. So when I can sit here with guys like you and understand what you're saying and get educated on it, I thought it was dope. And I thought you made a lot of sense to what you were saying. So thank you. And my point was the overall point is that like too often when you're critical of a franchise these days with social media, right? There's no nobody has any room for nuance. You either you either suck or you're great. Like there's no in between. And so, most of life is nuance. Exactly. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's everything. It's even in politics. Like the, the loud mouths on the left and right suck up all the air in the yeah. room. And most of us are more closer to the middle, even myself, believe it or not. Um, but when it comes to the Guardians, it's like there's a lot of good things about this organization. I get it. And when I went on this rant, I felt like I had to qualify that because – you know, you could say a hundred good things about a team. You say one bad thing. And oh, it's like, you hate them. You're I a hater. Know. And the point is, like, they've made some really, to me, critical errors the last couple of years. One, this buildup of minor league talent that they have not used. Like, for years, they've used that to advantage. They've traded guys. A lot of times they traded guys that were flops, right? It, it, you, you look at Frazier. You look at Zimmer. You look at... Uh, What's the pitcher? Um, he's still in the big leagues. He's been a, he's a reliever, but he's hurt. Oh, the lefty. I know who you mean. Yeah. Sheffield. Justice Sheffield. That's Well, yes, but I, I wasn't even thinking of him. No, no, no. Um, he had one good year as a reliever for the Padres. They traded him in the uh, – oh, shoot. That doesn't matter. Anyway, I'll think of it later. But the Guardians, like – but now, like, the farm system's all backed up. A lot of the top prospects that have come up haven't done anything. Again, way too small a sample size. But Arias hasn't done much. Freeman hasn't done much. Uh, Naylor has, I mean, you know, barely been up, but he hasn't done much. Meanwhile, Nolan Jones has played well. Will Benson, who's, like, huge. Like, they didn't really give Will Benson or, or um, Nolan, uh, Nolan Jones Nolan Jones a chance. 
they, those guys never got a chance, and they got to the point where, like, well, we kind of got to trade them for almost nothing because we got to create 40-man roster spots. And this, the, the fact that they haven't made the trade to break up some of that glut has been a huge mistake. The bargain basement shopping on Zunino and, and Bell, which the Bell one especially I liked, and it's been, it's been really bad. It, it's backfired on them the last couple of years in, in the way. And, and now the team is in this place where they have, like, all this good young pitching and Ramirez and Jimenez and Naylor, who are really good, and this great closer. And then they have all these gaping holes that they, it feels like they can't fill. And it's frustrating. So I listened to you talk yesterday, and for whatever reason, it stayed on my mind, and I got to thinking, and either one of you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but when I look at the Guardians, I know enough to know that we've always been able to identify and acquire, and acquire talent via the draft, right? The farm system is great, but I can remember as a kid watching baseball experts go crazy when they could have traded Jared Wright and got back Pedro, mm-hmm. and they didn't do it out of the fear of Jared Wright developing into this superstar, right? couple years ago, I remember Sean Murphy being kicked around as a name that can be a bat that can help the Guardians. Yeah. And they didn't want to give away some of the prospects that they had right. because they didn't want those guys to develop elsewhere. It just seems like to me, as a casual fan, sometimes they're banking on these guys fulfilling their, their potential and operating out of fear of trading these prospects for a bat right now, I, and I don't think you can operate. I like mean, that. that's that is fair to some degree. Now we don't know what the A's wanted. Maybe they wanted all their good young pitching, and the Guardians have developed. They almost never get it wrong at pitcher, almost never. Right. But they they not they don't get it right very often at hitter. No, they haven't. Not, uh, not I mean, most this of point. their young hitters have not panned out, and like Quan's gone backwards this year. Oscar Gonzalez went backwards this year. Will Brennan is you know he's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating to me right now because this division is. Is the worst division ever, it's and they right should be dominating. Yeah, it's right there for the taking. And yeah. We talked about it before. I, I think they need two bats, minimum. Absolutely. They really they need two outfield bats. Really. Yeah. I, 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 they're not going to do it this year, but we talked before. Pick one of the three that you got now, and that's your center fielder. All three of them can play center field. Pick and it can't one of be strong because he can't hit. Uh, At this point, yes. you can't. We can't keep doing what you're doing. No, I, that's that's. He's got to be a bench player. And and I was hesitant to move Quan off of left because yeah. you want a freaking Gold Glove in left field. You right. kind of want to leave that there. But it, but the way that he's regressed this year is kind of a little bit alarming and yeah. concerning. And is it just the typical standard regression? And then they take that leap in year three. Well, that's what they have to figure out. But you've got to find power, either on the trade market. George Valera. I know we just talked about their hitters yeah. haven't really panned out Valera is a name that's been floating around in this organization for gosh probably four years right and he's now healthy and on the cusp uh he's a triple a you know if had he been healthy at the start of the year he probably would have been here by now and, and that's an option you mentioned Nolan Jones I think that they just felt like he was too much of a duplicate of Josh Naylor and they already had a lefty hitting slugging guy at that spot when Ramirez signs long term that takes up third base you've got Naylor at first can Nolan Jones really play the outfield you know, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but to me, Naylor's a DH. He's not a first baseman. You could have played Nolan Jones at first base. Okay, but now you've just doubled. Now, and, and in fairness, Nolan had, hadn't really shown that he could hit no, lefties and, either. No, and it's not enough. So he they're a duplicate. I mean, so, you know, right. we don't They're know. a duplicate of each other. Right. And the prospect that they got back, I know people roll their eyes and get sick of hearing it, really fits what they're looking for. Juan Brito is, I know, I, I know, you. I know. I'm just, I can't I take it anymore. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. he fits their profile But exactly. eventually, it's got to be guys that have proven it. Like, they've got, I obviously, I screamed for months about trading for Brian Reynolds. How good a fit is he on this team? Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, come on, we need, I'm not even asking for guys to hit 40. Can we get, a, can we have some guys that hit 20? Yeah. Even Naylor is good to use, is not even on pace for 20. Ramirez is the only guy on the team on pace for 20 home runs. They have half the team's not going to hit double digits. You can't have that. You can't win that. Like, what do they That's got? Fifty incredible. home runs, Mike. Uh, give me one sec, but I believe it is fifty. That's the number. It's, it's funny as I'm hearing you all have this conversation. I can yeah. remember when Bobby Bradley came up, and I thought that would finally be the power back oh, in, in the Bradley. Guardians and the lineup. And then you know, Mike knows this. I was huge on Oscar Gonzalez coming into the season of being yeah. that that power back. And to your point, they can't seem to develop the bats. No. So I guess this is more of a question for you all. Yeah. If they can consistently get it right with pitching, then why are they so scared to trade away some of their pitching for a proven bat well, if here's you know why. that you can't draft one? Here's why. So they had three top prospects, Espino, Williams, and, and Bidey. Espino is now damaged right. and hurt. may never be what he was. Years. So what have, what have they had traded Williams 
and then Espino gets hurt. Right. Like, it's hard when you've got two or three. It's really hard to pick because yeah. if you get that, they're not all going to work. You know they're not right. all going to work out. And if you pick the wrong one to trade and then you stick with the one that busts, you've really set yourself up. I get why they didn't tr- want to trade Williams and Bybee. I get that because you know you know Beaver's gone. Yes. If it's either this year or at the end of this year, he's gone. Yes. you got to replace him. Same as we're worried about McKenzie, they're worried about McKenzie. Absolutely. He's built like a string bean. Guys that are built that way often have injuries. It's it's just the way it is. He's a tremendous talent, but it, he that may just be part of him every year, that yeah, he's going to yeah. be dealing with injuries. It was in the minors, and it's been this way this year. He stayed healthy last year, but I, I don't think we can rely on that. You know, Gavin Williams and Tanner Bybee are more prototypical built pitchers. They're mm-hmm. bigger, stronger guys. They're not massive, but they're – they're not built like him. Gavin Williams is massive. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. Gavin Williams is massive. Yeah. Bybee's pretty big, too, uh, but not massive. But uh, And and uh, the potential of this rotation, like next year, Williams, Bybee, Allen, and McKenzie could be a damn good rotation. Hopefully, McKenzie doesn't need Tommy John surgery because he's going to miss next year, too, if that happens. But uh, in terms of the minor league, in terms of, like, Arias, Freeman, Rocchio, Valera, like, Naylor, in the right deal, I'm going to trade any of those guys. Yeah. Now, the problem is some of them have lost value. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Uh, At least a little bit. Arius has probably lost. Arius has definitely lost some value, but I, st- I, I still think he, that's who their guy's going to be at short. I still think that's their opening day shortstop next year. You know what? Then let's just let's. I just want to. If we're gonna go with Naylor and and Arias, then just play them every day at their positions. And by the way, at this point, uh, just call back up Oscar Gonzalez. He's played better at AAA. He had a cycle the other day. What is the point? What are we doing? Did you see the, the tweet I put up about the put that tweet about the in, the Guardians outfield their home runs? I don't RBI. have the tweet. And okay, I remember. Frozen, but I'll tell you, it's 820 at bats. 820, not a bat, plate appearances. Plate appearances, excuse me. 58 RBIs. Six homers, 58 RBIs from those three guys. I mean, that is, Jay said to me yesterday, do you think that's the lowest ever? I said, probably, at least since, you know, the dead ball era. Yeah. Three guys with six home runs total in the outfields. Like, you can't, you can't win. And it was 50 home runs. Guardians had 50 home runs, right? And they played, what, 77 games? 77 games. I mean, they're averaging 37 and 40 and a 50 home runs. Did any team hit under 100 home runs last year? For the entire season? Yeah. I don't think so. I'll tell you right now. Like, they might end up with under 100 home runs. The lowest total last year was 110 by the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I mean, the Tigers were, like, one of the worst teams in Bay. If you look at the teams, like, what the Guardians did last year was an anomaly to be be as good as they were with no power. They had 127 last year, which was 29th. Right. And, and they're, they're, they're not going to hit that many. Now, you'd think their pace would be a little better in the second half. But if I said they're not going to hit 100 home runs this year, I mean, they might not. I mean, they're on pace for probably like 105 Yeah, right they'll now. get to 100. They'll but get to 100. They but, should. But it won't be until late But the, the fact that you're not sure about that is insane. Yeah. Like, you can't – you've got to average, I, I would say, at least close to a home run per game. They're on pace for 116, by the way. To, right. Oh, 116. Oh, wait, wait, no. I did my math. Hold on No, that's, that's wrong. It's got to be like 105. No. 105 on the dot. 105.19. Yeah, we're only four games away from the, from halfway, the halfway point. point. Yeah, 105. I mean, that's again, think about this. Barry, Barry Bonds hit, what, 39 by the All-Star break in 2001 by himself, I think. I mean, Judge last year. Don't Otani got half the home runs Ju- by himself. Otani's got 26 got. home runs, I believe, already. Someone said he's having arguably the greatest season in the history of baseball this year. Doesn't he do that every year? 
But this year, it's his. He's batting 297, has 26 home runs, which is leads the majors, 62 yeah. RBIs in the pitching category. He well, and he's got double-digit sh- stolen bases. Yes, he also leads the league in strikeouts, is the Angels team leader and wins the 3.13 ERA. His whip is barely over one, and his pitching war, just his pitching war, is 2.4. Yeah, he's a top-five pitcher. He might win the Cy Young and the MVP. He has a 5.6 war before the ha- All-Star. Yeah, I mean, he, MVP this year for him, like – Aaron Judge had to have the, one of the greatest offensive seasons in the history of the game last year to beat Otani for the MVP. Um, and Otani won the MVP and the Cy Young. That's unbelievable. He could. He could. I mean, he very, you know, Garrett Cole's having a great year. Shane McClanahan again. This guy's been the best pitcher in baseball the last two years. He got hurt again, though. He yeah. got back. He left yeah. his last game, but I think he's okay. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Mike. So I did send you guys a Guardians topic, and it yeah. was not this, and we have a little yeah. time, so let's let's get to that. The yes. AL. Obviously, we'll go back to go forward real quick, but fan votes determine the starters in the All-Star game. Oh. And it starts – did you spill on yourself, Will? I just spilled water all over myself, yeah. Not too bad. <laughs> Hopefully, you didn't get on the mic too bad. Yeah, that, that's what I was – your yep. shirt, I'm not, I'm not worried about. Yeah, not worried about my shirt. Okay. Go ahead. All right, so you can vote for anybody, any position. They whittle it down to finalists. And no Guardians made the finalists in the American League to be voted as an All-Star starter. Which is not surprising. Not because surprising. Because a lot of fans – even our fans, and our fans have no right to complain because our fans are big homers. We have a higher percentage of homer fans in Cleveland than probably most cities. Oh, I think they're all insufferable homers in every market. Um, yes, but you mean to tell me the Red Sox and Yankees and come on, let Phillies. Me you, all right, let me correct myself. There's more higher percentage of homers in Cleveland because Cleveland is probably the least transient city, big city in America. That's or pr- one of the least transient. Yeah, you know, right. Detroit. That's what I'm there's saying. Some, there's some truth in, to what you're in, saying. In, in, I'm not saying Yankee fans are just as big a homers as yeah. Guardians fans. But in, people in New York, there's many more people that root for other teams yes. besides the Yankees or the Mets. I, when I vote for the All-Star game, I don't – like when I see the Guardians and other teams put out, like vote for all our players. No, I'm not <laughs> voting for Ahmed Rosario and Miles Straw for All-Star. You're a lame-ass if you do that. I only – the only time I ever consider the team, Guardians and the Cubs, when I vote, is if, it, if I think it's a tie, or essentially a tie, then I'll pick my, my player I like better. Otherwise, I pick the best player at the position. In terms of snubs, you're going to get snubbed. The Guardians don't have a huge fan base. I, in my opinion, Jose should have been a top two finisher at third base. As good a year as Naylor's having, uh, I don't think he's a top – um, I, I don't think he got snubbed for being in, uh, up there. He's, le- I believe, he's leading all first basemen in RBIs. That is correct. So on that, it, oh, you it, know, oh my God, you know, I just had a major brain fart when I was looking at like war leaders by position. Yeah. For some reason, with Naylor, I put outfield. <laughs> I don't know why That's going I did back that. A few years. I have no idea why I did that. Yeah. No. I, so maybe Naylor got. Uh, well. So the, this the snub thing to me is hard because right. if you put Naylor there and you take out Vladi, you can't take out Vladi. Okay. You put Naylor there and you take out Yandy. Yandy Diaz is having a fantastic yeah. year. So now you're saying Yandy got snubbed. So it's it's really hard uh, to 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 say that there's necessarily a snub, but. For, for me, it's third base and Jose because Matt Chapman's numbers comp- compared to Jose, just it's it's not even close. No, no, no. Yeah, third base is the snub, even though I screwed up and looked at outfielders. He didn't get snubbed. I mean, in look first at base. that. Look at that. Yeah, I was going to say that too. For me, it was Jose Ramirez. I yeah. mean, he, he has more RBIs than Chapman. He has a highest, the highest batting average of any third baseman in the American League. The highest OPS of any third baseman in the American League. And the highest war. Yeah, highest war. Didn't know that. But yeah. he's second in AL in batting average with runners in scoring position. And he's top five in home runs. So, to me, if yeah. there was a quote-unquote snub, yeah. it would be Jose Ramirez. I think they both have a chance to go to the All-Star game. Who is the third? Who's the third? Who would be the third? Who would finish third in the MVP, uh, the All-Star voting at first base? Give me one sec. I mean, Yandy and Vladdy are going. Yes. Yes, they and are. they both belong. And I put them both over. It's interesting that that Yandi has less RBIs significantly than Naylor, and yet yet Yandi has a significantly better OPS. Well, I, th- I think he hits. He's not really in a run-producing spot in their lineup, right? So I think that probably has a lot to do with it. I haven't looked at the race. He, he used to. You want first base? Off. Sorry. Yeah, first base. Who's third? Third is 
uh, Turner, is Anthony Turner? Rizzo, oh. then Nathaniel Lowe, then Ty France, then Jose Abreu, then Jared Walsh, then Ryan Mountcastle, Josh yeah. Naylor finished. <laughs> Jared match. Walsh is in the minors. Jose Abreu is having has a lower OPS than even Miles Straw. He's yeah. one of the worst players in baseball. Uh, Anthony Rizzo's not having a great year. Ty France has been good in Seattle. Ty France is. Uh, who who was who did you say before Rizzo? Nathaniel Lowe. He's not having a good year, is he? The Rangers are good. They got a lot of votes, so. But yeah, I don't think he's I mean, having Yank- a particularly Rizzo's going to get there because of the Yankees. I mean, the third base thing is laughable, chat. And Toronto's massive. Like it's a it's right. a massive city. We know that because of votes. Yeah. Jose's going to be on the team. Is he? Are we sure? Well, who else you got at third base? Is it Josh? Devers? What's his name? Josh Jung. Rafael Devers. He's a young player. I, jo- um, uh, Josh Jung's a rookie. Yeah. He's having a decent year. Devers, yeah. Bregman, uh, Isaac Paredes of the Rays. I still, Not a lot of third basemen. I, I mean, I hope I hope Jose's on. I still think there's a chance. Guardians are only getting one. Classe, I think it's a very good is going to be on the team. And he could be the one. Yeah, I mean, Naylor and Ramirez are both having all-star caliber seasons. They are having all-star caliber seasons, but there's limited spots. They I mean, are. He's got to have a representative, and they're not having a very I good don't year. Think, I think Ramirez will get in, and Naylor will not. That's my guess. On reputation alone, yeah. Na- uh, Jose may get in. Right. And the fact I, that I'm going to say Classe and Ramirez get in, Naylor falls short. Now, if there's enough guys that drop out, maybe Naylor gets in, too. Mm-hmm. You know, which is what happened. Wasn't that what happened with Jared Allen in the NBA a few years ago? Yeah, guys dropped is. out and he ended it up. It seems in, in NBA, especially when it's in cold weather cities, yeah, guys right, tend right. to dip more on All-Star weekend. Where's Baseball, the All-Star game this year? Seattle? Yes. It's kind of a nice look. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying in the NBA. Yeah, no, 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 no. I got you. I got but you. MLB, they seem to really uh, More guys show more. up. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, unless you're hurt. Them. Unless guys are hurt. Well, Aaron Judge is going to get in, and he's not going to be able to play. He's not playing. By the way, Aaron Judge, even though he's missed half the season, has 11 more home runs than, than all the Guardians outfielders combined. <laughs> and he's not – I don't think he's missed half the season, but he's missed a lot. He's missed a lot. He's been out for a while. You know, he tell. cashed in big time. Outside of last year, he's never been healthy for a full season. Well, this year it was that freak stupid thing on the wall. With but the, he's with had a toe. lot of things like that. Some guys just have bad luck like yeah. that for whatever reason. Uh, so, yeah, I think we'd all agree that Ramirez – between the two, Ramirez got stub, snubbed. But Naylor's having a at, at, at minimum a borderline All Star yes, season. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. He's having a really he he he's the those are two of the few guys that are not not the problem on on this yeah. team uh, certainly. Speaking of yeah. guys in the Guardians, Gavin Williams makes his second start yes. in the majors today against Kansas City and their young pitching stud in Brady Singer. He's a little further ahead in the developmental stage than Gavin Williams is, but Williams, you projected twelve strikeouts in his first start. I was goal. way off. Did not come true, but he did rebound pretty nicely, and overall, I think was a, a solid first outing. What do you expect in start number two for the Guardians? Top so prospect? in his first start, he faced a Triple A lineup in Oakland, mm-hmm. and he didn't pitch great. But I, as Mike said, he did a nice job because he looked like he was going to get knocked out of the game in the inning. He had the four runs, which I third think was inning. the third. Third inning when Ryan, the, the legendary Ryan Noda, hit a three-run home run. Uh, but and now he's facing. Uh, a basically four, another triple a four lineup. lineup. Yeah, in Kansas City, <laughs> who's almost as bad as Oakland. So now he's got the jitters gone. Again, I'm saying 12 strikeouts tonight. <laughs> oh, Let's go, Gavin Williams. So I told Mike this morning in our pre-production that I felt yeah. like, you know, Gavin Williams, number one prospect for the Guardians. You remember all the hype videos and all the talk. And for anybody, no matter how good you are, there will be nerves there. I'm with you. Yeah. I think their nerves are gone. Uh, I know enough to know, like, you know, that 97, 98 mile per hour fastball that we saw, that's legit, and that was without him trying. I've been told that this kid, when he reels back, he can throw it 102. Yeah. So I feel like if he had better command of his fastball, I watched it his first start, and I thought his off-speed stuff had a lot of movement to it. I think if he could command his fastball early, I think it will help with his off-speed pitches. I'm going Gavin Williams over nine strikeouts today. What is the over? It was five and a half. He didn't go over that. I thought it was a lock, but it's five and a half again. Yeah, today. Half again. go ahead, Jason. What do you got? For well, him? I like that they timed it this way. You know, I don't think it's coincidence that his first two starts came against Oakland and Kansas City. Right. You know, I, I think that's I mean, certainly injuries play into that as well. But it, 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 it lined up nicely for him to, to be able to start off this way. Earl, you're right. He can throw harder than what he showed. I was a little surprised that he was 97 sitting 97 because he is more of a 9900 101 type guy so you know we should see that and that's 
it sounds insignificant, but it's massively different. Mm -hmm. Even 97 to 100, 101 is a big difference to these guys. And, and I expect them to be better. I thought Will Brennan made a terrific catch in his first outing that really sort of settled things down a little bit because he was on the ropes. He was getting knocked around a little bit, and then Brennan made that catch, and it just seemed to bring the temperature down in the entire stadium. I was there for, for that start, and I expect this is this is this is he's not going back. Like this is it. Right, he's here to right. stay, barring something catastrophic. He's here right. to stay, and it's 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 something to look forward to. It's exciting. By the way, his third start will be against the Cubs at Wrigley, yeah. which will be maybe a little nerve wracking if yeah. it's Wrigley Field in your third start, and then his fourth start against the Royals again. Oh, wow. So, uh, he, yeah, the Cubs lineup's okay, but... Um, it's set three, up nicely for him. Third, three of his first four starts against the Royals and A's, so that, that does work out nicely. I'd expect him to pitch well tonight. They need to win. They need to take advantage when you play. They swept Absolutely. Oakland. You know, they had a bad weekend against a mediocre Milwaukee team. Yep. And after they play the Royals, they got six straight. The Cubs are playing better lately. They've won 11 of their last 14. They're playing much better. Their p Cubs pitching has been really good. They're tough at Wrigley. So six games in a row against the Cubs and Braves. The Braves are the best, you know, best team in the National League. Maybe the best team in baseball. And then is the break. Is that going into the break? No. Then they got Kansas City again after that, and I think that's it. They got I, they got a four. I think a four game set here against Kansas against City Kansas after City. Atlanta. So you got they got to go like six and one minimum, five and two against Kansas. City. I guess they don't have to because the division. I mean, the Twins are still in first place at five hundred. They're forty and forty. Yeah. Yeah. Has an under 500 team ever been in first place at the All-Star break? I would say no, and they might not be. The I'll Twins still have that. two games with the – they're playing the Braves right now, right? I think yeah. they just wrapped up a series with the Braves. No, no they, they played, played them today. yesterday. They played today. I know they played last night. They play them today. Yeah, series rarely ends on a Monday. That's, yeah, they, they play that's unusual. I, I look at Gavin Williams. I really believe that he's going to be mm. solid tonight, but – you know, for me, I think it's about the Guardians going out there and putting some runs on the board early to kind of kind of help his confidence. And if you pitch him with a lead, I think he'll be okay. I think he's going to be okay regardless, but it would be nice to see the, the Guardians put some runs out there. It seems right. like more often than not this year, whenever you have a quality pitching performance, the offense can't seem to back it up. So That's fair. Uh, by the way, here's the twin schedule before the All-Star break. So, Again, you never know, but they I think they'll be under 500 going into the All-Star break. Jason, they got two more with the Braves. Then they have a three-game series in Baltimore. Then they play the Royals for three. Then they have a four-game series with Baltimore at home. So, like, seven, nine of their last 12 before the break are against the Orioles and the Braves, two of the best teams in baseball yeah. right now. So, they're very likely to be under, under 500. 500. And the Guardians are, what, three games under? 37 and 40. So let's say they can go. Let's say they go six and one against Kansas City. That would put them two games over, which means to be over five hundred, they'd have to go three and three against the Cubs and Braves, which they can do. So you know, there you go. They got to go eight and four, right, to finish. You know, to finish the All Star break. Essentially, yeah. They've, they've, well, they've got 13, a good chance to be in first place at the All Star break. They have thirteen games left, so. Three against Kansas City, three against Chicago, three against Atlanta, then four against four Kansas against City. Four against Kansas City, right. So, yeah, so 13 games before so the All-Star break. Yeah, if they, let's say they go six and one. So if they go nine and five, would they be over? Yes, they would. They would be over five. So if they went six point. and one against San Kansas City, they could even go two and four against the Cubs and Braves, and they'd still be over 500 at the All-Star break and probably in first place, which is, I mean, it's remarkable that this division is yeah. so bad. Yeah. What do you think that the team that wins the Central? Do you think it's going to be the Guardians? I do. You do, Jason. It just doesn't feel like it's a year where they can put it all together. But there's nobody else to do it. Right. I How many wins? Back and forth. How many wins does the division winner have? Uh, eighty-five, eighty-four, eighty-five. I was going to say somewhere between eighty-four and ninety. Oh, that's a big gap. Eighty-four and ninety. I mean, in ninety-seven, they won eighty-seven, and went to the World Series. That's right. <laughs> Well, the Cardinals, the year, uh, remember the year the Cardinals were the wild card and won the World Series not too long ago? They, they didn't have a ton of wins, I don't think. Uh, what about the Nationals? I know, like, going into the All-Star break, the year that they well, won they the Well, they had a losing Series. record. They had a terrible record. So, right. uh, so did the Braves, actually, when they won the World Series um, two years ago. Yeah, I'll say yes, they're still going to win the division. I keep going back and forth. I know. I, I've been saying all along they're going to have win any it. confidence. But I think they're going to win it with, like, 84 wins. Yeah. I mean, and they just, you're not, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs, and that's why 
I still think they're going to trade Bieber. I, I still think too. they should trade Bieber. I do too. By the way, let me give you some advice. Not that anybody cares about me. I want to say this. The Cubs absolutely should trade Marcus Stroman. 100%. They should not sign him to a long-term deal. Get his ass out of town. <laughs> his season is an anomaly. The fact that he's leading the National League in ERA is a total fraud. He is going to go back to being mediocre like he is. And the Cubs would be idiots if they sign him to an extension. All right, Mike, go ahead. So let's move on to talk a little of Bull's favorites, some off-season oh, calf stuff. Because oh, I know yeah. – Nothing gets bull going like talking about like the young players in the courts. NBA. Who Here's will. the problem. I can't. I'm sorry, but I can't get excited about the Cavs core because <laughs> they play like they played like absolute shit in the playoffs. And I can't get excited about them. I'm and I don't think they're going to win anything. So I'm ever. still uh, I still feel some type of way based off the playoff like performance. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't. And I'm not trying to let my emotions get involved, but the facts are that it's not it's not a talent thing with me. I just think some of the core don't have no heart. And when you don't have no heart, it's hard to really win on that big stage. Yeah, they got all the talent in the world, but to me, I think that it, they got exposed as, as a team that like, lacks toughness and lacks heart. All true. Is it not talent also? I mean, do they have enough talent? We o- have we overrated their four best players? No. And do they have any talent besides that? Well, no. I mean, the bottom of the roster is awful. Anything right. beyond the top four really is is yeah. average Shady. at best. Yeah. yeah. But I, I the Jared Allen concerned me in the playoffs with the lights were too bright and the way that he just got absolutely bullied in yeah. that series. He's the one with the experience coming from Brooklyn. That that's the one that I think is most alarming. I'm not so much. And Donovan wasn't great either, and that's that's concerning. But the talent obviously is there. He just didn't have a good series. But Darius and Evan being their first time there, I still think this is a really good team. I do think that. I'm curious, <clears throat> what would be successful for you? I know you don't care about the regular season. I tend to agree with you yeah. on that. So what if they win one playoff series? Is next year successful? It's a good question. <clears throat> it's I a guess step. So. Yeah. But I mean, it's not going to feel like it. In the moment, it won't feel like right, it. Right, because – I, I guess as down as I as down as I am on them right now, if they won a series and then if they played a really good team in the next round and played a good series but lost, yeah. I would still say, okay, I feel better about the team. Yeah. How about you? I think go, going there the first time and losing, I didn't like the matchup with the Knicks. No. And it was just how poorly they played. Yeah, they got embarrassed. Yeah. But I do think it's it's not inconceivable that they go back and they make a much deeper run, that they win a series, maybe even two mm-hmm. series. I, you know, I go back to the when we did fence riders, and I said I thought they'd be in contention for one of the top two seeds. I absolutely right. think that's true. Being in contention and winning it is not the it's same totally conversation. It's two yeah. different things. But I think they're totally in contention for the for one of the top two seeds. I think Evan Mobley would is is going to become that guy. I've been high on him all along, and the way that Mobley and Allen, the way that it it's more palatable to play them together is if Evan starts hitting shots because it's not going to be Jarrett. So Evan's got to start making more shots, and you know I don't know how realistic it is to expect him to become this thirty five percent three point shooter in one off season. I don't know, but if he, but he regressed last year right. from his rookie year to last year he regressed. So he's he has to take some sort of step in his perimeter game. If he doesn't, by the end of the year, do you think you and, and others might say, maybe he's not going to be that player? If it, if there's no in, pr- in, progression this season. In, well, and still only year three, and he's still only 22, and I'm not right. going to cap a guy at that age. But it will be disappointing for sure. And right. I think if he doesn't take that step, then I think you do have to look at breaking up Jared and Mobley because yeah. – you can't keep playing two non-shooting bigs together. It you just don't, you don't think there's any chance they're going to get rid of Allen this offseason? I think it probably would have happened at the draft if it was going to happen. I mean, right. in free agency, they could do something in a, in a where he gets involved in something. But no, I think that I think right now, the plan is to to bring this back and try it again. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of talent. Like I don't want to be down too down on them. There is a lot of talent here. It just ended so poorly last year. It's left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I thought before they traded for Donovan Mitchell, the Cleveland Cavaliers was a playoff team. I thought the trade for Donovan Mitchell would at least allow them to win a series or two. So to me, that's why it was so disappointing to see how they played 
to see them get eliminated so soon. I think that when I talk about guys lacking heart or toughness, I'm not talking about Donovan Mitchell. I think he has all of that. I don't think he showed any heart or any toughness but, in the playoffs. But I, well, he He's definitely the big, showed, put it he, to you this way. He showed some accountability. He showed more accountability. He was the biggest goat for the Cavs in the playoffs. That, that's true. But I'm just saying, when, when I look at this thing. And bad he, goat, not good goat. Yeah, bad <laughs> goat, right. I just look at it like, you know, I thought that that would win the Cavaliers a playoff series, and it didn't. And so now I'm looking at all the pieces around him. Jared Allen, I'm with you. When you came out and said the lights was too bright, that really disturbed me. It seemed like Darius Garland was willing to take a back seat and just let Donovan Mitchell do his thing. And it's like those things can't happen when you get to the playoffs. Like it's gut check time. You got to show what you really about. I don't know. Though, Darius Garland played better it. than Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. Yeah, but he disappeared. Like, I mean, it was one game. He didn't have no points come going into the half. He come out. He have a great third quarter. He was inconsistent. Yeah. Darius was inconsistent. Yeah, and he was. And, and that, that, that just it really pissed me off. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. Now, as far as the Evan Mobley development, seven footers take a lot longer to develop than a lot of other guys. I think Evan Mobley has gotten better like first year, second year. He improved in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, and then he was a finalist for defensive player of the year. Yeah. So even if he doesn't take the 35% from three point step this year and he still progresses in other areas, I'm cool with that. I'm not going to give up on his development because his offensive game is not developing at a pace that a lot of people thought. I think that was one of the things that Kobe Allman understood when he drafted him, that his offensive game will take a little longer to develop. He came in as an elite defender. Yeah. And so it's about can it develop enough to mesh with what Jared Allen doesn't do well. And also, you know, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but the train's out of the station. And so it's not necessarily about getting the most out of Evan Mobley and maximizing Evan's potential. It's about winning games. Yeah. And it's an odd spot to be in. Because usually when you draft a guy third overall, you're going to be not very good for a while. And so he has time to grow and develop. And the Cavs don't, aren't on that time frame now. Like, it's time to win. And so if that means Evan's progression comes along slower at the cost of wins, well, then that's the way it has to go because you're trying to compete for a championship. You're on a finite window mm-hmm. on Donovan's contract, and it's time to go. And if that means Evan lags, then that means Evan lags. I still think that there's things they could do and I wrote about this. I think we talked about it during the season. Give Evan the first touch every game. Why not? Like, and, and, you know, when Kevin was here, he and I had a conversation about it during the championship years. Kevin got the first touch every game. Other teams knew it was coming. It didn't matter. Whether it's an elbow, a corner three, get, get your big guy involved early. Let him touch the ball. Let him get a feel for the game. Let him see a shot go in, hopefully. And, and the, the Cavs just never really made that a priority. And it just feels, it's those little things. It, it's not a big deal, but it's the little things of make sure Evan touches the ball the first time down. It's a simple hack code to try and get him activated early. Kevin loved it when Kyrie and LeBron were here. And I, he had quarters where he had 18, 20 points in the first quarter, yeah. and then he finished with 26 yeah. or 28. But it was getting him involved early, getting him activated early, really sort of set the tone for big guys throughout the course of the remainder of the game. It, here's a stat that shows you how trash the Cavs organization has been besides when LeBron is here. The Cavs have played 53 seasons in the NBA, mm-hmm. right? 53. LeBron's played, what, 11? 11. 11. Okay. In, the, in LeBron's 11 seasons, do you know how many playoff series they've won? In his 11 seasons? 11 seasons with the Cavs. How many playoff series have they won? Well, 4, 8, 12, 13, 14, 15. They're close to 20. 16, 17, 18. It's right around 20. I'd say it's right around 20. You are correct. 21. There you go. Cavs have won 21 series, playoff series, in the 11 years that LeBron's been with the team. In the 42 years without LeBron, how many playoff series have they won? Less than 10. Give me a number. I don't want to hear less than 10. Six. Six for Earl. Jason. Oh, man. Let me think. 42 years. And, And remember... You know, in the early years, it wasn't as many teams in the playoffs, but for a lot of years, it's been eight teams in the playoffs. I think he's close. I'd say seven or eight. You're saying seven or eight? Mike, how many playoff series? You got the Cavs. How many playoff series have the Cavs won in the 42 years they have not had LeBron? I think I saw a stat on this, but I think it's like three. All right. Steve, you want to guess? He says two. All right. The answer is you're all wrong, but you're all fairly close. Four. Four. Man, I doubled it. Those... (laughs) Those, 
those 90s teams with Darty and Price and those guys won three series. They went to the conference finals one, one year. One time. And then they won in the first round another year. So they won three. And then way back in the 70s, they won one series. They got to the conference finals. But in those years, there was only there four was, teams. Yeah, there was, the less, there was less rounds. Right. Think about that. This organization has basically been garbage. I mean, they, they've instituted rules, the Stepien rule. <laughs> you can't trade your pick in consecutive years because of Cleveland. Yeah. Here's the crazy part, and I'm showing my youth right now. I remember when Terrell Brandon was the point guard, and I seen the Cavs make the playoffs when they were still a Washington Bullets and Jawan Howard was there. Yep. And then I remember when Wesley Person was on his team and they made the playoffs against the Pacers. Didn't stand a chance against the Pacers. But I was just pumped to see my team in the playoffs because growing up, I never seen the Cavs in the playoffs. Growing up for me, the Browns was not here. The Cavs was horrible. And I hung my hat on every single thing that the Guardians did. My mother used to let me stay up to watch like the World Series when they would go play in the World Series. Jose Mesa, man, put me to bed in tears because he just couldn't do his yeah. job. Yeah. Joe Table didn't get <laughs> it do done. his job, man. Couldn't do his job. Sad but true. All right, Mike, go ahead. So that was a nice. Did I kill enough time for us to not do this uh, topic? Nope. We're gonna do it no matter what. No matter what. So good try. The though. Cavs. I mean, you just mentioned a lot of the guys yeah. under twenty-five in the Cavs. Their their core. So if you take the graphic of twenty-five and younger players, their their core young core is now led by Evan Mobley, you have Darius Garland, Jared Allen, uh, Isaac Okoro, and Amani Bates. Did you make up this core, or did, is this from some list or something? No, it's just the five guys that okay. are 25 or younger on the team. So I was like... Uh, I mean, that's a little embarrassing, putting Amani Bates on that list. Is he younger than 25? Do we know if he's ever going to play a minute in the NBA? He's not a core. Amani I'm Bates just saying, is... I'm is he younger than 25? It's embarrassing to have Wait Isaac Okoro. Is this your list? Or is this? It's Mike's list. <laughs> oh. No, well, this was... I did, There was a post... On ESPN. Jared Allen's out. not 25? He's 25. Oh. 25 and younger. If you okay. read, Bull, that's that's what it says, right? In the <laughs> He's five today. I'm picking on him, so he is, I, I like that. But no, there was, a, there was a post on ESPN, and it listed their four or five best cores under 25. And I was like, oh, well, let's make a Cavs one, see where it ranks among. Because they didn't have the Cavs on there. They did not have the Cavs on there, no. And if we're and doing Monty just core Bates. pieces, the bottom two on that list are not on there as of today at all. Not even close. So let's by go the way, by the time the season starts, G and Earl are going to have Amani Bates averaging 17 and 8 this year. <laughs> Man, listen. I'm telling you, remember I said that. <laughs> starting th he's the starting three on opening I don't night. know. I saw this guy in Summer League. He's looking great. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that. I think yeah. I put this in, the, in, the, in our group thread. Uh, Be careful. I know what you're going to say, Jason. Don't. I think I know where you're going with this, too. I know what you're going to say. Don't say, say it. Let's no, I'll say on. it, Jason. Let's say just it. move on. I don't want to deal with I don't. You don't get say tagged it. in the I don't say no, it. You don't get tagged in the tweets. You don't, you don't get the YouTube notifications. My phone almost broke last night. Yo. What? <laughs> nope. All right. I won't say it. Man, Mike, say you D-bag. Why would you say tell him not to say <laughs> nope, it? I won't say because it. Because I know what he's going to say. I know it's going to piss off everybody, and I just rather avoid Look, no, Jason, I want to know. I don't I know what know it is. Well, go back and read your text. You can't read the top line of the graphic. You go back and read your damn text, bro. <laughs> which group is which group chat is it? I in? don't know. It's the it's the good bet group chat. No, see, here's the thing. How did I me miss and, this? Me and McNuggets was having a conversation via text, and he totally botched what I said. I, I got a teriyaki chicken bowl and broccoli <laughs> chips, too. <laughs> no. Now, Bull thinks that yeah. I think the man is going to average two points a game. <laughs> what I said was, the first thing's first, he needs to make the roster. If he plays 10 minutes and somehow finds his way around 10 points a game, then he exceeded every expectation. Earl said he's going to score 10 points a game, which is almost <laughs> no, no chance of happening. Listen, listen, I won't say what I put in the thread. I won't, I'll spare you. But How long is, ago was this? This is what I, this is after the draft. This is what I will say. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if Imani does well in summer league and everyone starts getting excited. Listen, this dude is not the answer. All right. Oh, like, the thing about okay, this dude, this dude is not the answer. Yeah. So just get that out of your head right now. Period. All right. Remember, I said it. G and Earl, 17 and 8 by the time the season starts. Hey, Monty, man. I'm he's going to have, you, man. He's going to have one big game either in the summer league or in the preseason. Yep. yep. And these guys are going to yep. go. Bananas. I think yep. it's real on Twitter. He said, man, whoever got me, man, I promise you won't regret it. Good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm he actually used, everybody he used audio from yeah, this show from in this the show real. As well, so. Imani Bates? Yeah. yeah, in his I'm coming to Cleveland post, he used audio from this show. I think what Imani needs to do is hang out with me. I'll teach him how to eat a little bit. <laughs> I can certainly eat. I, I, I guess I, I don't have high expectations for him right now, right? But it goes back to what we were just talking about. Earl said that as if that was a controversial take. It's, it's just... 
There's certain the guy is the 49th pick no, in the draft. Just, just hear me out. Just hear no, me no, out. No, no, because we're having a, this. This conversation is absurd. We had idiots in our chat room saying, "Yeah, he's going to average eight points and five rebounds." The guy is not even going to play the first half of the season. He might not play the whole year. I mean, this is crazy talk. This I'm not even talking talk. about for this year. It's I'm just, crazy talk. I'm just Mike. saying over overall, the dude has a chip on his shoulder, right? When you failed, when you disappointed people. Everybody loves a good redemption story, and I can speak from my own, man. man. It drive it drives redemption you. Stories can be over. It, it drives you to another level when people yeah. already are counting you out. And by the way, and there's what, a, wait, there's what redemption? There. It's not like he. What did he do? What redemption? There's he people, just sucked. There's people. No, it, it's more than this. He sucked. Yeah. He's he, he's 19 years old. Yeah. He he's had some moments to where he's shown that he's a head case, right? Yeah. I know how it is to be a 19 year old head case. I know how it is that because of that, yeah. people want to count you out all across the board. And all I'm saying is the dude is a talented basketball player. Is he a little immature? Sure, but what 19-year-old isn't? There's one intangible that I don't care what combine you go to or whatever the case may be. You can't measure heart. You can't measure will. You can't measure somebody just... But we don't know if he's got any of those things. I... No, 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 nothing to back this up. I just believe he got it. It's I know. I, right, but I you, believe he got it's just, it. Just, there's no I'll way to know you, that. I'll tell you what so many people in the NBA, not about Imani, but yeah. just in general, talking about guys. Does the Tiger change his stripes? I Very rarely. More often than not, time. no. More often and by the not, way, no. he's still really young. If he is going to grow up, it's let, more likely to happen when he's already blown it in his yeah, late 20s. Yeah, and I, I don't want to Maybe he's going to be a good player. I don't want to kill him over the It's 49. Like, what, what, what are we doing? It's the 49. Of course, there was not. No, there's not. And, and there's and, nothing to get mad about. It's right. just it's just silly for people to get right. a little crazy about having any expectations for this season. Yeah. If you had to bet in five years, is he a is he a a serviceable bench player or out of the league? What would you bet? He's I would in, bet serviceable uh, bench player. He's in Europe. He's in Europe, Mike. Based on the trajectory of the 242nd round picks I researched over the weekend, much more frequently they end up overseas in Europe in the G League than they do turning If he's a, a serviceable NBA player in five years, that's an upset. And we'd all oh, take Oh, for it. sure. Yeah. But I, you fans should have zero expectations for this guy for this year, certainly. And you should you should not be expecting anything at all. And if he gives you anything this year or going forward, it's a nice bonus. You and can't expect any. This is not the NFL 49th pick. And by the way, yeah, the chicken teriyaki bowl was delicious. Was it? <laughs> it was delicious. Panera? Panera. I once I saw broccoli cheese soup, I figured it had to be Panera. So my, you know, yeah, go ahead. My wife texted me yesterday, and she's like, we're going to Panera if you want yeah. something. I got to look at the menu, and I'll text you. And for whatever reason, I just opened my phone, and I thought I was texting her, and I texted the group. And then as soon as I <laughs> Thank hit God send, it wasn't a you-know-what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you weren't sexting no, with her or something. <laughs> but as soon as I said it, yeah. like – a minute later, she said, "We're standing here waiting on your order." I'm like, "I just said it to you." And I was like, "And that's what I realized." Like, oh, so, so let me ask you a question. Let me, let, let me ask you a question. Bull is going to rip me for this, but I'm yeah. actually anyway. Bull. Right now, right? I think that what he brings as far as his offensive game. Are we talking chicken teriyaki or Imani Bates? <laughs> we talking Imani Bates. All right, all right. I think right now what he brings offensively is better than what Isaac Okoro going to give you, Seti Osman is going to give you, and Lamar Stevens. Am I wrong in that? I don't think that he's a good team player. Okay. And, like, he can go out on the playground and he can hoop and he's going to score. But can he, can he play within the fabric of the team? I don't believe he can. I don't believe he can. And you're not pulling that out of your ass. No. Yeah. So, so hey, maybe he'll turn it around. So, but this, this it, is the, It was worthy of that. I absolutely think it was a good move to draft. And that's why. And that's because why. Even if it's a, a, a 3% chance he's going to become something. Yeah. Most of the other guys you draft have a zero percent chance. Be, and, and summer league is is some hoopers, right? And that's why I think he could go to summer league and have a big game, and people yeah. are going to go crazy. crazy. He's yeah. going to ball out in Vegas. So, so he's going to look phenomenal in summer league. I guess what has Kobe Altman learned from then to now? Because you traded up five million dollars to get Kevin Porter Jr. Right? You knew you knew what he came with, yeah. And you didn't have the infrastructure in place to sustain that, to develop him, right. help mature him, etc. Here you are again a couple years down the line, and you're taking another guy with a lot of upside, a lot of potential, but he has some of the same issues. So is the Cavs infrastructure better today 
with this pick than it was at that at that particular time? No, I don't think so. I, but I think Porter was a much better. He was a first round pick still. He was a late, late. Yeah, I think he was the last pick of the first yeah. round. Yeah, he was. And Porter, I think, had much higher NBA future okay. than Amani Bates. There's a reason one went 30 and one went 49. If somebody thought he had as much upside as some people are trying to make it seem, <coughs> somebody would have taken him. 100%. One of those good teams at the back of the first Absolutely. round would have taken him. Absolutely. Yes. So they, I think it seems like a lot of teams are looking at this like, yeah, there's some raw talent there, but he's not that talented, and he's a pain in the ass. So why am I going to draft him? That's I, the way it I told, seems. I told Mike, this is what's going to make fans go crazy. Yep. You got current and former NBA players that's already stamping this dude as who besides Gilbert Arenas. Well, I, I talked to Donovan Mitchell after the uh, yeah, but what's Donovan softball, Mitchell going to say? He's a teammate. Well, he said that he was going to be a big part of what the Cavs do. Uh, I'm Donovan just going Mitchell's off what shit. he said. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's not going to be here in two years. <laughs> I'm just going off of my man. To, to Earl's point, and, yeah. and I'm going to put a big context, and this is – we'll go from here. Yeah. Amani Bates is not a normal second-round pick. Like, we do have to keep that into a little consideration here. The dude was a top three overall prospect coming out of high school. He was number one at one point. There was a bunch of reasons it hadn't worked out. He went to Memphis. There were some maturity issues at Memphis. He didn't clash – or he didn't see eye-to-eye -eye with how Penny Hardaway wanted to play. He leaves Memphis. He comes back home to Eastern Michigan. He gets in a, a little bit of legal issue with the, the gun charge. He has a Mike, season. The bottom line. Well, but the bottom line is somebody would draft him higher if he had that much upside. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. He goes to Eastern Michigan. He has a unefficient but prolific scoring season at Eastern Michigan, playing essentially one on five for a couple of different reasons. A, his teammates weren't very good. B, he doesn't like to pass. Jason said it. He, it and it's what I heard from the same thing. He does not. He plays Amani Bates basketball. He doesn't necessarily play team basketball at this stage of his career. Can he change? Absolutely. And is it worth the upside at 49 to take a guy who has 6'9", shooting ability, the ability to create his own shot and score at a level that most guys at any level in basketball can't do? Yeah, he's absolutely worth the shot. But I do think to what Earl's saying and to what a lot of people that we've seen in the chat are saying is to think he's going to come in and immediately from day one be able to mesh into a – well-oiled offensive philosophy and system is asking a guy to do something he's never done in 19 years of playing basketball. And to do it in about six weeks. Right. Yes. It's not happening. That's fair. That's fair. I just, but for whatever reason, I believe three years from now, four years from now, we're talking about a guy at minimum that's a serviceable role player for the Cavs. That's just what my guy is. If he is, that it's a home a, run. That would be it's a it's DPJ. Win. It's a big yeah. game in the sixth round. I don't think it's a apples to apples comparison, but it's exactly the conversation we just had about DPJ as a sixth round pick. If he does that, if he's on this team, it's like Delhi. You know, Delhi was an undrafted free agent yeah. and came in and held a really important role on this team. If they get that out of the 49th pick, it's if a home he's run. a legitimate minute bench yeah, guy yeah. in three years, that's a huge win by the Cavs. Sure. I got zero problem with them taking him because most of the guys you taking at that point are complete They're going to bust picks. anyway. Yeah. yeah. It was worth the risk. It's just be realistic about what he is right now. Right. But not what he may be in a couple of years. All right, Mike, what do we got next? Well, you want to do the actual topic? Where does this rank among the other cores? <laughs> yeah. Fair let's, enough. Let, Go let's ahead. see some of the other cores who, uh, who have a little more depth in their 25 and younger category. Let's yeah. start with Oklahoma City, who has SGA, who just made first-team All-NBA, Chet Holmgren, who ended up being the number one overall prospect in Imani Bates' class. He was the number two pick last year. Uh, didn't play as a rookie. Yeah, Josh rookie. Giddy, Jalen Williams was a lottery pick last year, first team all rookie, and Casey Wallace was the tenth pick this year. That is Oklahoma City's twenty-five and younger. Would you group. rather have Oklahoma City's twenty-five and under group? Help me out, Jalen Williams. That's the guy from Kansas, right? No, he, a, he was from Arizona State. He was the twelfth pick last year. Okay, uh, finished second in rookie of the year. He was game. good. He was very, very. Yeah, good. he was good. Very, very good. Uh, Obviously, what's his name? We didn't play last. Uh, Chip. Uh, Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. Chip. The, the, it's hard to compare these because the Thunder just ball out with wings. Like, is there a bunch of wings out there? Yeah. Which is what the Cavs are missing. And the wings the most important position. Talent-wise, I like the Cavs better, but the Thunder are better fit, equipped to win big in today's NBA. Does that make sense, Mike? Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. You think sense. Darius or Mobley are better than Shea Gilgis-Alexander? I think SGA is the best of them, but I would take the next two on Oklahoma uh, on. Cleveland Shea's over Oklahoma City. You agree? I think like Shea's the between best. all of them. Yeah, I like Shea the best. Shea's, Shea's really He just good. won. He made first team All NBA. Yeah. Yeah, he was great last year. Yeah. Uh, it's it great the year before. 
What do you say? It should have been. Oh, oh Jesus, it. God, here we go. Well, he's not. He's not under twenty-five. <laughs> I mean, so he has done things LeBron's never done in a Cavs uniform. Here we go. Yeah, like you choked that like a dog. <laughs> LeBron never choked. <laughs> Instead of like my boy Spider, man. Hey, not you brought, I wasn't going to bring it up until hey, you. Hey. hey, let's move on. I don't, don't want to talk about this no more. All right, let's go to the Magic. No offense to Donovan Mitchell, but he played like ass in the playoffs. No uh, let's offense. go to the Magic next. They're 25 in the young career. Uh, number one overall pick last year, rookie of the year, Paolo Boncaro. You have Franz Wagner. They just took Anthony Black with the sixth pick in the draft. Jalen Suggs was the fourth pick last year. And somehow, Markel Fultz is still. I thought he was like 30 by now. Well, old. he was 13 when he was drafted, so. He's been in the league, what, six or seven years now? <laughs> it's been a long time. He's in the same draft class as Jason Tatum. Well, Banchero was the rookie of the year. That's incredible. Banchero was rookie of the year. I like the Cavs better than the, than the Magic. The Magic have some talent, but I like the Cavs. If, if we're going... Those were all ranked higher, right, on this list? Every... The, the Cavs weren't listed on the best 25 and under uh, course. That's why I wanted to add them in. Because I actually think their top three of Mobley, Garland, and Allen is about as good as any top three. Now, the I, depth beyond that, if you don't want to say Okoro and Bates long, belong in the same discussion as these other ones, yes. I'm not going to argue with you, but the top three, and really the top two of Garland and Mobley, I put up against almost any of these, which we got a couple more coming. Right. Yeah, I'd go uh, pound for pound the top three with anyone in the league. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, next up, the Spurs. This is a total projection because Victor Wombanyama has never played a single second of any organized basketball in the NBA, but you have him, Jeremy Sohan, who was a first-round pick last year. Devin, I don't know if it's Vassell or Vassell. I get confused. I every say time Vassell, I hear but I don't know. Vassell, uh, he's a solid role player. They have lottery yeah. pick. Keldon Johnson scored 20 points a game. But last you would year. trade Garblin, Mobley, and Allen for those top three. I would, yes. I, I just think Wembenyama has a chance to be otherworldly special. Vassell's a really good player too. Yeah, and Keldon Johnson, I think, is a really good wing. That might be the best group. I mean, we're just project if if Web Wemby is as good as everybody says he's going to be. I'm going to tell you why I think it could be the best group because of who the head coach is. I think I think Pop can develop all those dudes to reach their full potential. Does he still have it, Pop, or is he past? Yes, he this whole it? does he still have it thing is nuts. These guys don't forget how to coach, man. He's old though. Nah, he's cranky. He's it's it's hard, I think, for like the Grudens who leave, take ten years off, and come back. Sure, yeah, yeah. Larusa, eighty-one, take all that time off and come back. Then you could say, yeah, these guys are all still right. Then coaching. It's a fair point, Firel. I mean, these he's, guys are he's still the best coaching. coach along with Spolster, the Spoh best coaches. Spoh and Pop are terrific. Yeah. All right, two Bye, more. Mike. How about the Pistons? Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, who was the fourth pick, fifth pick last year, fourth pick, no fifth pick. Uh, they have Jalen Duran, who was a first round pick. Asar Thompson, who was the fifth pick. In last week's draft, and Isaiah Stewart. Not impressed. I, this is the worst one in the group. Of Cunningham us. missed half the season, killed my fantasy team. I only finished second instead of first because he got hurt. So F him. I think the court, the Cavs core is better than theirs, personally. I do too. Yeah. This is my least favorite of all the cores. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And last but not least, how about Houston? They had too many guys to fit on the graphic, similar to Oklahoma City. So my I picked boy. five. I put up there. I picked four, and then I put Kevin Porter Jr. Just because I knew Earl was up there today, <laughs> and that was going to sway his decision because he is the biggest Kevin Porter Jr. fan, maybe outside of Kevin Porter Jr.'s immediate family. <laughs> Joining him on the list, though, you have Amen Thompson, who was the fourth pick, Tari Eason, who was a really good rookie last year, Jabari Smith Jr., who made the all-rookie team. He was the third pick last season, and then Jalen Green, who was the second pick two years ago. Uh, I'm still taking the Cavs over these guys. Yes, agreed. even even one through five. Give me the Cavs. Well, Their look, top three is significantly better. If you recall the whole trade scenario trade simulator thing that we did on the show when me and Anthony kind of went crazy. I, I did a trade that brought back Jalen Green and Kevin Porter. Jr. Oh my so. goodness. What was that for? <laughs> I think I gave up Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, uh, Seti Osman, Lamar Stevens, whatever the case may be. Listen, man, the cash has never moved on from Kevin Porter Jr. I'm going to stick with that. Wait I'm a second. What did Earl just say again? Do you remember it? I was out on the panel, and I believe you were there. It was the day after I did my, hey, these could possibly oh, happen, yeah. Jared Whose Allen. Whose trade trains. was worse, Earl's or Anthony's? Well, Anthony's Anthony traded Donovan he traded Mitchell out of and Jared Allen for Michael Porter Jr. I traded Jared Allen. The trade I just heard was Earl say the Cavs getting two good players for four useless players. Is that what I got? I think it was five useless players. Oh, but yeah, five that's useless the premise players? Of the trade. Yeah. You think they give up who? Well, it won't happen, but the Cavs yeah. got back Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Why well, on earth would the Rockets make that trade? I don't think that they would. Uh, but 
It went through on the ESPN yeah. trade simulator. Oh, so uh, that's the worst thing ever created. Is that? <laughs> oh my god! Everybody <laughs> thinks they're a trade GM simulator. Now. The crap that I get sent to me. Hey, what do you think about this? Who says no? I'm like me. I'm not reading this joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying no. <laughs> I like the Rockets core though. I like the, I like their young 25 and under core. I think they're very t- very talented. I think there's a lot of potential, a lot of upside there. Some of those guys got some maturity issues and things like that. But if hey. you had to pick one of those cores and you're starting a team, which would you take? Who would Cavs. you pick and where would you rank the Cavs? The I would probably questions. go, even though I know nothing about him, I would probably go with the Spurs just because everybody's so crazy thinks this guy's going to be the next superstar. I would take Oklahoma City second and probably the Cavs third. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, I like OKC. I mean, I know this isn't part of the conversation, but yeah. they have, I think last I looked, 37,613 first-round picks. <laughs> no, but just a co- that no, but, Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. but I'm saying what they have yeah. and, and their capabilities flexibility to yeah. compared to where the Spurs are and where the Cavs it's, are. It's 38,936. They, they just made another trade. Yeah, they just made another trade. Uh, I think I would take the Spurs just because of the Wemby factor. But then the Cavs third? Probably the Cavs. Probably the Cavs third on that. Who are we list. forgetting? We got Detroit. We put behind. If you're make, if we do top three, I yeah. go Spurs, Cavs. If we're, if we have to include, if we're going to five yeah, or so, five. and I can add in the picks and the future assets, I take the Thunder over the Cavs. Okay, I will go. So sp- it's just the top three. You go Cavs second behind. Cavs the Spurs. I will go Spurs, Cavs, Thunder, Rockets in that order. Oh, the Rockets, yeah. That's what I forgot. I about. put Kevin Porter Jr. on there over Sangoon <laughs> just for Earl, and it worked. Got him hook, line, and set. Yeah, that's <laughs> Number true. three. All right. Yeah. We got two more things we got to get to in five minutes. First, yeah. we got to remind everybody what's going on July 12th through the 16th, which is the official Colleague Companies Championship Golf event over at the famous Firestone Country Club. Get all your tickets at colleaguegolf.com. They have the information for everything you need to know about the wonderful event coming next month. And we also got to give out a few tickets mm. to the USFL championship game. So, Anthony, I know you're on a 30-second delay. Mm. Be ready to listen. But we are looking for the ninth person to put Director Steve in the chat. The ninth person to put Director Steve in the chat. <laughs> on Coke, will win Director four Steve tickets on to the USFL championship game this Saturday in Canton. Check out Boogie Take On. The oh, at least I hit the rim. Stallion. I had the right line. Drunk speed. Uh, Jason, one thing that's getting kind of aggregated around right now is a possible Jared Allen for Jonas Valanciunas swap. Uh, I just saw it on Twitter. It's popping around real quick. It was reported by somebody. I missed. Was it uh, Windhorse? I believe. Oh, really? He said that some some people were talking about a potential swap. Yeah, Windhorse on ESPN Cleveland and said that there were some conversations, or at least a call was made, how deep the conversations, who knows, but a Valanchunas to Cleveland, Jared Allen to Nola swap. Does that move the needle for you whatsoever? I don't think so. I think I'd rather have Jay. They, they really like Valanchunas coming out of the draft, I mean, six lifetimes ago. Uh, but no, I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather have Jay. Wasn't there Valanchunas a significant a NBA dude. trade yesterday? The Hawks, what's his name? Yeah, the John oh, Collins it was a money salary dump. dump. Yeah, it was a money dump. He was a pretty good player, wasn't he? Sat the luxury. We keep telling you. Yeah. The new CBA yep. is going to cause chaos. So Collins got traded where? To Utah, Utah. for nothing, essentially. Like Utah is going to be a player sooner than later. They're going to be a Utah and OKC, man. No thanks to Colin Sexton, though. Whew. So Danny Ages wow. is out here finessing everybody without giving I up mean, many assets and things. I mean, like he that. gave up Donovan Mitchell. He gave up Donovan Mitchell and he gave up uh, 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 a few weeks Gobert. ago. A few weeks ago, Earl saying that he's better that Donovan Mitchell's better than LeBron. Now he's saying that he gave up nothing. I never said he was. <laughs> what is it? I never said he was better than LeBron. Was, you said he had a better I, season. I said than that he had arguably one of the best. Single seasons in Cavs history. Are you ready to apologize for that? No, he did. He apologized. I did apologize for it. I did apologize for it. LeBron slander. No, that's no LeBron slander. I'm a huge LeBron fan. By the way, if LeBron had played his whole career 
with one arm tied behind his back. Tim Who would be Jones. better, LeBron or Donovan Mitchell? Spider. Yeah, it's Spider. I'm not doing this. <laughs> but hey, but, hey real, real quick. I'm, go, I'm still going LeBron. Nonsense. On the Valanchunas thing. What's yeah. his contract? I don't know what his contract is. I, I think it's one year shorter than Allen, so it would be a little money. But he got, he got a big extension. I'll double-check that. I don't think he makes the Cavs. And I, th- I think Allen's a better fit with the Cavs. He's, I agree. He can't shoot, and he's a defensive liability. And if anything, he's less mobile than Allen. So that's just less space to work with. I mean, I, if it's a one-for-one, one, like that. that doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're getting some sort of assets back – Let's have that conversation, I guess. But no, I'd, I th- I'd rather have J.A. All these options are so Oh, bad. he's entering the last year. Of, this is last year of his contract. Valanciunas? Yeah. So you're getting off future Jarrett money. How many more years does Jarrett Allen have? Two more after this. At $20 million apiece. Mm. What a waste. <laughs> it's not a I've waste. Have I gone too far? Have I gone too far? It's not a waste. But, but you keep saying he's a good regular <coughs> season player. Who cares? No, no, I, no. I, I still think Jared Allen can help this team win. I, yeah. I do think that. But I, I think that he's the most movable piece to try and get what you really need. But <coughs> I'm going to die. I'm glad it's 12:59. Oof. Uh, what they don't, what they really need is not another Jonas Valanciunas. <coughs> All right, that's I'm, it for us. I'm out of water. I'm going to die. <coughs> is there one more thing you had to do, real quick, Mike? No, we get a ticket to the Nicol Agreed. What's going on in overtime? We have a special NFL challenge from Anthony, but I can't find the tweet right now. So give me All right. <laughs> See you on overtime. Actually, I won't be here. I got to get out of here. Later. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.